Yes, hello. Wow, what a warm welcome. It's awesome. What a great honor to speak to you today. I'm feeling humbled, and I pray that you are going to receive something amazing today. But you know what? The good thing is, if I don't have the best day, we imported one of our best preachers, Abraham Keller. Let's give it up for Abraham. Hey, thank you guys. What a privilege to be here. <laughs> so, come on. This is Abraham. Yes, that's me. And uh, so tell us something about yourself. Did you, did you manage to find a better half? A better half? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yes, I have a lovely wife. I brought you a picture. She's American. That's why I speak English a little bit good, huh? But no, I really do. Uh, she's amazing. She's the woman of my dreams. I have two little kids, Adriana, Josephine, and Luana Ray. And I've got a foster son, Hadi, and he's from Uganda. And uh, we're the pastors of ICF Winterthur, and we love being part of ICF. That's why we're here. Very cool, very yes. cool. Let's give him a big hand. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Cool. I wanted to ask what you do, yes. but you're obviously the pastor of ICF Winterthur. Yes. And uh, yeah. I'm really impressed at your heart and your gratitude and the way that you are. We're going to be blessed to hear from you today. Thank you, Nico. So, what a blessing to be here. Hi, everyone. I'm Abraham, like you've heard. And we're, tonight we're, we're finishing the series Grow. We've heard about faith. We've heard about uh, relationships, work, and health. And today it's resources. And I love talking about resources because we live in a country where we're blessed. We live in a country where milk and honey flows. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Be thankful. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, hey. This is a country that we live in. Come on. The beautiful thing is, yes, we do. We have a lot of things. But there's also a challenge. Because often when you talk about resources, a theme emerges. And the theme is fear. Do I have enough? Will God really provide? Or I see what he has, and I don't have. And so, with that privilege of being blessed, comes a challenge. And like I said, my wife's American, and we moved here about five years ago now. Five years, we, uh, five years ago, we came to Switzerland, and uh, we moved in with my parents, which was nice in the beginning. <laughs> And after two months, I felt God really called me, you got to get out. <laughs> and so we came, we, we got married, we had no money, no job. We, uh, my parents-in-law gave us some money to get married and we didn't use it all, that's what we lived on. And so we said, yeah, we got to go. Whether God was calling or not, we had to go, you know. So, so we said, you know what, let's just get an apartment, although we didn't have a job. And so we did it and still didn't have a job and then... First month we paid rent, we had money was gone. So I was like, okay, easy, no, we're on fire for Jesus, it's all good. Jesus will take care of us, and he did. I found a job about a week before the money ran out, so it was all good. And to be honest, in this, in this moment, I didn't have any fear. I was on fire, it was easy, chin on me, yeah, it's all good, you know. And then two years into the job, I realized, oh, this is not my job. <laughs> this is not my job. So I realized I gotta quit. I quit. The problem was my wife was highly pregnant. And I had the idea, you know what? I quit for the end of February. And on the 2nd of March, our first daughter was born. I was all good. You know, we walk in faith. We trust God will provide. So then the uh, first couple of months at home, I started looking for jobs. And uh, yeah, the fear started growing. 
The fear started growing because I couldn't find any. I applied. I thought I studied. That meant something, but apparently it doesn't mean that much anymore. And so, yeah, the fear started coming up. Is God really going to provide? And I believe all of us have situations like that in our lives. In some things, it's easy to trust God. In other things, it's really challenging. And I'd like to read a verse of you in Luke 12, 7, where Jesus says, but even the very hairs of your head have all been numbered. Therefore, do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. This is a promise God makes. This is more than a promise. It's we are safe, we're good. God cares so much about us that we will always be taken care of. And this is the God who gave us the land of milk and honey. We live in the promised land. We live in the promised land. Yeah, come on, Dave, come on. Yes, we live in the promised land. Now I have a question. I was thinking, God gave us all these things. You know, all these things we have, the resource, we talk about resources. And I was thinking, did he really give them to us? For example, I have a nice car. You know, I'm a pastor, so I drive a really nice car, Hyundai. And I was thinking, imagine if I give these keys to Nico. I say, hey, Nico, you're a cool guy. I like you. You can have my car. Yes. Cool. Yeah, you're happy. Good, yeah. So then I was thinking, but you know what? When you use, you can drive it. Not too far, not too fast. But when you give it back, I'd like it to be washed. Yeah, washed, waxed, even waxed. And if you're a really good guy, you'll tune it for me because I like driving fast. You know what I mean? I like that. Then you need a different car. Different car, yeah, no, shoot, <laughs> shoot. Okay, okay. <laughs> but do you understand what I'm trying to say? We are stewards of the resources God has given us. We are stewards which means nothing belongs to us or everything belongs to us. Huh? I like that. But why? You can keep the car for now. It's okay. I'll have it back after them. Why did God choose us to be his stewards? I asked someone when I was preparing the message, he said, because God trusts us. I said, yeah, God trusts us. But I believe it goes deeper than that. I believe we have a God who has been from the beginning of times longing for us. He's been longing to be in relationship with us. This is the God we have. From the beginning of the Bible until the end, we can see this theme. God always wants to be in relationship with us. Always. He sent the kings, the prophets, and then finally Jesus. And then apostles came as well to help us to be in relationship with God. That's a beautiful thing. And it always starts with the fatherhood. We have the father who loves us so much. He's the creator of the universe and he has made everything for us. And he wants to be with us. And he speaks out that invitation to be part of his family. That's his invitation. That's, his, that's what he gives us. That's, it's for free. Everybody can have it. When we accept this invitation, we become part of his family. And as part of his family, we become his children, which makes this our identity. Yeah. Our identity is not pastor, is not working in IT or having family. It's part in there somehow. But it's being a child of God. Yeah. 
being a child of the one who made it all, of the one who gave everything up to be in relationship with us. And out of that identity comes obedience. This might seem a bit harsh, obedience, but obedience means nothing else to, to live according to your, to your identity. If you're true to your identity, if you understand who God is, what he has done for us, and what that means for our lives, you want to be obedient. Who doesn't want to be obedient to a God who gave his everything for you? Yeah. Yeah, very good. But it's important that we get it the right way because if we try to be obedient first to please the Father, it's difficult. It's difficult because then the law becomes more important. It becomes more important what we do, not what we are because of God, because God did everything for us. So we already are, we have nothing else to do. We can't do anything to change that. God invited us to be part of his family. And the second theme that we can see throughout the Bible is the covenant, is the biblical language for it, but means relationship. We have invitation for relationship, then responsibility. God invites us, wants to be with us, and when we accept this, he wants us to start taking responsibility. And here we have the father as the king, as the mighty king, has all the power in the world. And you know how it is with a king. A king has his soldiers, a king has his knights who represent him. And if we understand our identity, if we understand who we are, we, be, we start to have authority. Because if we're the sent ones from the king, we act in his authority. Right. A knight that had the signature of the king, he, he was riding around in authority of the king. Yeah. This is who we are. And if we start to be obedient along the ways of our identity of who we are, then we start to have the power that God has. And the beautiful thing is, we know God has all the power in the world. And he chose us to live out that power in this world. He chose us to represent him on this earth. This is who we are. And out of this, thinking about resources, this is how God wants us to deal with his resources. He wants us to represent him with everything we have, everything we are, to increase his kingdom. Awesome. Here's your key back, Mike. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> I have a Ford Fiesta. I'm not in need of such cars. It's a nice one. <laughs> yeah. Is it tuned? Uh, not yet. Not yet, but my handbrakes are fixed. My cousin wanted to drive my car, and uh, the back wheels were stuck for a few hundred <laughs> meters. <laughs> but we got that fixed, so <laughs> praise the Lord. Very good. Hey, you know what? Jesus loves to talk in stories. And one of the stories that he uses to explain us how to deal with resources is the, uh, the parable of the talents. That's what we know. Does anybody of you know what a talent is? A talent is a measurement of weight and it's 34 kilograms of gold. So I brought the equivalent in Swiss francs with me. <laughs> Who can count the zeros? One million, very good, very good. So, 
It's a parable of one million, two million, and five million Swiss francs. And I'm going to pick on three people now. Enrique, can you come on stage? That's uh, John over there. You're not getting away. Yeah, yeah. Very good. And who's number three? Uh, Simon, are you up for it? Very good. You guys can line up over here. Perfect, perfect. So the story goes something like this. I am obviously the rich man here. And uh, I own a lot of money. And now the rich man wants to go away to another country, it says. And he takes all his money and calls together his accountants. And he wants to give them the money to look after. So, Simon, you look like a very trustworthy guy. According to your abilities, I will give you five million Swiss francs. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, it's not yours. It's, not, it's still mine. <laughs> Enrique, you're in the prayer team. You're a man of big faith. I'm sure you will multiply it. <laughs> and John, don't take this personally. It's still a million dollars. All right? Cool. So he gave them the stuff, he went away to another country, and then the three people, two of them, they went straight to work. If you know the story, which two go to work, yeah, exactly, perfect, they're buying houses, they're investing in uh, good properties, and all those things, and John, he's scared of me, obviously, I'm physically intimidating, <laughs> so he digs a hole, buries the money, and puts it in. Good acting, mate. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Good. Now I'm coming back. I'm lining you guys up again over here. See what you've done with my money. Perfect. So, what have you done? I went to the bank and uh, I got a good deal. Really? Wow. So how much did you get in return? I multiplied it several times. I don't know how much. <laughs> Three times? Doubled. Doubled. Okay. Well done. You're a good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few, so you will rule over many things. Come and have the joys. Enjoy the pleasure with me. Good. What have you done? I also have multiplied by two. Very good. You're good and, well done. Good and faithful <laughs> servant. You were faithful with a few. Thank much you. will be given to you. Come and enjoy with me. Thank you. What about you? I, I just scared emotionally and physically. <laughs> and I didn't do anything. I just dig it up and put somewhere. Wow. But here you go. Thanks. Then the story, actually, I'm not going to say it to John. He's an awesome guy, actually. But it, the story goes on and says, you lazy and wicked servant. Pretty harsh words. He says, why couldn't you at least put it into a bank? Obviously not you, John, you're a man of God. Thank you. you can keep the money, go to your spots again. Thank you so much for the illustrations. Yes, let's give them a big hand. <clears throat> hey, when I read the story the first time, I was wondering, who am I? Am I one of the two who doubled it? Or am I the one who's afraid and buries the money and just gives back whatever was given to him? And sometimes I tend, just by reading the story, I tend to get fearful. 
wondering, is God this harsh, harsh father? The story then goes on where Jesus says, I think the toughest verse in the whole Bible, where he says, for those who have, let me get it right, for whoever will be given, for whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they do have will be taken away from them. Pretty tough. Then I read other statistics that go something like 1% of the richest people in the world have 50% of all the money. Out of all books written in the US, 0.05% of all the books that get written in the US are sold more than a thousand times. Very few. Out of all the musicians on Facebook, 1.1% of all the musicians get 87.3% of all the likes. They get all the attention. So we look around and the signs of the world are sometimes, they look kind of obvious. Which part we are. Are we the ones who have or the ones who do not? What I found interesting about the story, I always thought, poor guy, only one talent. It's still 34 kilos of gold. I mean, I wouldn't, know, I wouldn't know it is on my bank account, but it's still a lot of money. <laughs> Just a joke. <clears throat> well, the world doesn't count like this. The world doesn't count on, on money, on fame, or on books that you write. Paul actually says something really cool. He had all this stuff. He said, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. Everybody say garbage. garbage. That I may gain Christ and be found in him. What does that sound like? Somebody who's afraid, who's afraid of his tough father, or does it sound like somebody who knows that he can let go of everything because I have a good father who looks after me. You know what? The Bible says multiple things about you. And like Abraham already said, you are not a loser. You don't have to be afraid. You, in Jesus, you are made new. Amen. Yes, say it out loud. Cool. You are made new. The old is gone. You know, maybe you weren't good with your resources up to now. But you know what? You are a new creation in Jesus. You are an approved child of God. You don't need to get the likes on Facebook or anything else to start doing what he wants you to do with the things that you already have. You are an approved child of God. You are enough. You are enough. He called you and if his son died for you, that is enough for your worth. You are equipped with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. So you are gifted enough. You got enough. You are fearless. You are fearless. That's my big one. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power, Amen. love, and self-control. That is who you are in Jesus. Now we have the choice. How are we with our resources? Do we recognize who we are in Jesus and are courageous and are pumped about what we have and put to work what we have? Or are we afraid and think and look around the world, look at all the stuff and dig a hole? We're going to talk about three practical resources a little bit more. We're going to talk about gifts, about money, and about time. So that you can just get a picture and figure out how we can do that with what we have. Because who has money, gifts, or time? Good, good. We have a big audience that it applies to. 
In 1 Peter 4.10 it says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. We all have gifts. You just put all, everyone put his hand up almost. And we have gifts to serve one another. Mm, very good. This, this is, often we think, yeah, I have these things, these are my strengths and, and I have that and it's cool and I like it, I want more. Everything we have is to serve one another. And you know why I love that? Because Jesus came as a servant. He showed us the way. He showed us how to do it, how to live it. He had all the gifts. But what did he do with them? Right. He used them to serve. I love that. It's a different mindset. I have a gift, for example. I'm a good challenger. Now, but if I use this gift in a way of I challenge people and I feel good about myself or I try to beat people, it's pointless. It's pointless, it's useless. The only way this gift is, is being used is if it serves people, if I can challenge people in a way that can be empowered, that can be equipped, brought closer to Jesus. It's not always easy. You know, we have all a lot of gifts in this room, a powerful bundle of gifts. What are we gonna do with them? Very good, so about the finances. Uh, I just want to tell you two stories, make it really simple. Around three years ago, Leo spoke about the REACH campaign, which is our, what we do annually that goes above the normal tithes and offerings. And he spoke about all the great things that we're going to do with the money. My wife and I, we talked about it, and we came up with an amount, and we paid it, and that was it. And the Bible talks about sowing and reaping. And then a year later, Leo, Leo spoke again about it obviously every single year and he showed a video of what they did with the money last year and for me that was like a harvest I was so pumped to be a part of every story maybe in a little contribution percentage-wise little but it is so amazing how this really applies and it made us do two things we were grateful that we get to be a part of something like that but at the same time we realized that we want to harvest more and more every single year the second thing, when it comes to finances and being victorious with our finances, one of it is obviously generosity, not being stingy, but letting go because we have a father who has everything. And the second thing is being wise with our resources. I used to think I don't have enough money. That's actually something really new for me. I don't have enough money to invest or to be smart with my money. But then somebody challenged me and who was faithful with a little already, and it challenged me to not say I don't have enough, but learn wisdom with finances as well. And I think that's important when we want to be victorious in our finances. Come on. Now with time, everyone has 24 hours. Does anyone have more? Let me know. It'd help, innit? But I, I heard a story one time about a man who many saw as very influential. He was you know, the founder of Apple, Steve Jobs. And I, I wrote, or he wrote a letter and I read it and he was talking about when he was dying. And it was really sad because he said, the things or the people I wanted to spend the most time with, I didn't do it. And it came across to me like everything he did was useless. He didn't say like that. He didn't, I don't think he had the courage to say that like that. But it, it really thought, but what? People look up to you. You're a hero for, for thousands, millions of people. 
And in the end, you see your life as a failure. And so for me, I've decided my number one priority, how I spend my time in, is my relationship with God. Because then all good things come from there. All the bad things is when I, when I want to do my own thing. You know what I mean? And then the second thing is my family. It's more important than my job. My other friends, it's family. Because if my house is not in order, what am I going to tell people? What do I have to give if my house is not in order? And then the third thing is the people. The people I want to invest in, my church, the people who are close to me, my friends. Because I told myself, it's my dream when I die that I'm driving on the golf course. And I know, I maybe I have two minutes left. God is telling me two minutes and then you're going to go. And then I want to think back and say, wow, I've invested my time in the right things. In things that have eternal perspective and things that stay forever. This is my, my deepest thing. And we're going to go into a song now. And we've heard about money. We've heard about our gifts and the time. I'd like you to take this time to listen to God. Where does he want to put his finger on? And we know God doesn't put a finger on and say, hey, go and change. We have a God who gave his own son so he can be with us. We have a God who did everything for us. We have a God where we can sit on his, on his legs and just be with him. And he says, hey, do you want to come? And, and I want to show you where you can become more like me in this area or in that area. Maybe this didn't speak to you. We, have, we had our whole series of next steps. I know tonight God is going to speak. And you know why? Because we, has, we have thousands of years of history of proof that God cares first and foremost about being in a relationship with us. So let us take this time and expect God to talk to us.